Welcome to episode 14 of Teach Me Tiger. Boo! Scared, you scared. You scared now? You scared now? I'm scared. Teach Me Tiger podcast. We're your favorite neighbors, Sarah Wright. Melody Starkweather. Oh, and I'm here too, Justine. She's our favorite, one of our favorite I neighbors. thought I wasn't supposed to talk yet. Right on. Justine's here with us yeah. right from the get-go. We have a lot to cover, and Justine's a super expert on ghosts and the supernatural. Yep, you're welcome in advance. So, oh. Sarah. I can't wait. <laughs> Fuck, I'm terrified. I need like eight more drinks. So I'm really nervous about today's episode. Why is that, Sarah? Just be um, honest. I'm a real chicken. Like, scary shit really fucks me up. I, I don't like watching scary shit. What scares you more? Gore or paranormal or, like, psychological thriller style? Psychological thriller. And paranormal is psychological thriller. That's true. As far as I'm concerned. Also, things that wow, are, like, that inanimate so objects um, being animated. So we were watching... Um, the newer Beauty and the Beast today with that Harry Potter chick. Mm. She's in that shit. Hermione Granger. <laughs> that's her name. Hermione. That's her real name. Yeah, on IMDb. <laughs> that's, what, that's what her mama named her. <laughs> uh, and there's like, you know, all the shit is like people, but they're also things. So yeah. they were fine. But then there was like this, um, her wardrobe. And I had to get up and leave the room. I was like, what the fuck, you guys? And everyone's like, it's so cool. She's so great. Aww. You're fucked. You're going to be terrified in about 10 minutes. Yeah, Shit. Yeah. Poop your pants. Sarah was wearing a large wooden penis pendant earlier. As I, was, I left it upstairs. I think we should get it. I'll Make you feel a little safer, wood. maybe. Having that. Bring my wood around with me. Yeah. 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 Got wood? Yep. <laughs> it's yeah, right here. Don't you see it? waiting for that all the time. <laughs> I wish I owned a lumber yard. <laughs> <laughs> I always have wood. Oh, it's a good thing I'm not a carpenter. Are you here all week? <laughs> I'm here all week. I'm here all week. Boom, boom, boom. That's what I say to my kids when I tell them really cool jokes that they don't get. Yeah. So, how was everybody's week? We had a good week. What did we all do yesterday? Slaughter Slaughterhouse chickens. Five. Five. There's more than five of us. We slaughtered chickens Slaughterhouse at seven. Justine's farm. Yeah. Mm. The monsters. The monsters that we talked about a couple episodes ago yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are no Spooky. longer with us. So we slit their throats and took out their guts, and now yep. we're going to eat them up. Jeez, you know what? It takes a second to get back into it. It's just stuff in your hand inside of a bird. Oh. It's, it's so hot yeah. inside, it's eh? so it's, hot. Yeah. But it gets nice. Like fourth or fifth bird in, you're like, ooh, cozy. Yeah. I like it in here. Hot pocket. It's probably a lot more realistic for... Strapping young gentlemen than a warm apple pie, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should tr- just, <laughs> just try bang a dead, dead chicken. chicken. It's really Stick it in there. <laughs> don't do that. Please I, don't do I that. didn't say that. Ew. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it feels like. 
Yeah. But yeah, it went really well, and now we all don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Yeah. Great. See you next year. I find it strangely satisfying. I love it. Yeah. You know what? It's kind of the perfect setup to today because it was. it's kind of a spooky thing that we did to some people. It's a little gruesome. Yeah. Hey, guys, since we actually so naturally arrived back on the topic of chickens, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a little correction corner. Oh, shit. I have a friend who's a doctor of archaeology. Whoa. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Dr. Leslie House. Whoa. That's so cool. PhD, etc. (laughs) (laughs) And so after the chicken episode, Leslie said very kindly to me, Oh, I was thinking I could have helped you with the stuff on the history of the domestication of chickens. And I... thought oh that's really nice and then i drove away and thought oh <laughs> what we said was wrong that's what she meant, that's what she meant. <laughs> she's so nice <laughs> so uh this is leslie's correction uh, yeah Little leslie's in the corner spiel spiel on chickens steven spielberg So as Sarah mentioned in the podcast, birds evolved from a branch of dinosaurs, and the particular branch they came from is known as theropod archaeosaurs. And they weren't the earliest domesticated animal, which was probably canines or dogs. And then goats and later sheep were the first animals to be domesticated as a food source, and then chickens were domesticated. So they're still pretty early, but not the earliest domesticated animal. Now, just a few fun facts. Among living species, the closest relatives uh, of birds are crocodiles. What? Archaeologists (laughs) believe that chickens were initially domesticated in South and Southeast Asia, though recent studies suggest that it may have also occurred in northern China. So we do know that people in India were keeping domestic chickens by at least 4,500 B.P., and terracotta figurines of chickens have been found at sites located in the Indus Valley, where they have also been found depicted on seals. And on one of these, um, the scene is thought to depict fighting cocks. What? So the fighting depictions cocks. on seals from Indus Valley have led archaeologists to believe that leisure and games, such as cockfighting, were probably the first motivation for yeah, chicken domestication. So it wasn't until the 20th century and the development of large-scale industrial production that, that chickens became oh the important part of the diet as they are today. Wow. Fighting cocks. Cockfighting. Thanks, Leslie. Cockfighting. Thanks, Leslie. Fighting cocks. All right. Okay. So I thought um, instead of our normal icebreakers, because we know each other pretty well, and I think the listeners know us pretty well by now, this week I've planted one special question in my box. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. Justine, would you like to reach into my box? Icebreakers. Wait, this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Ladies, do you have any stories of deceased pets or animals? And yeah. go. I do. Being ghosts or yeah. like... Yeah. Ghost animals. Oh, because I'm like, Sarah specifically helped me when my cat was hit on the highway. Oh, That's not weird. Okay. That was a deceased Spooky. animal. Mm. He was deceased, but he didn't. He hasn't come back yet. No. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay. That's yours, because <laughs> I don't. Then I had a cat named Leon. He was awesome. Yes, I have a child named Leon. That's no coinky dink. Cool, so perfect. <laughs> and uh, he was the best. And he used to purr really, really loud. And he was really big, like one of those dog cats. 
And then he died. And then every night for months, I swear to God, I'd be in my bed and I'd feel that like, you know, the cat comes in the room and you hear like pat, 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 pat. Yeah. And then they jump on your bed and there's that like wonk. Uh-huh. And then they like pat around on your bed and then they get cozy and then they purr. And you can not only hear it, but you can like feel the vibration. Yeah. yeah. Every night for months and months. Are you scared? No, not at all. Huh. Leon. Who's Leon? What do you mean? This is my cat. Can't wait to see him again. I had a very similar experience when my dog Tiki died. Uh oh. Half Chihuahua, half Beagle. Strange little dog. Sounds like that. Yes. Uh-huh. And after she died, uh, I, yeah, like laying in bed, I felt her jump up onto the bed and curl up at my feet Whoa. a couple times. Not for months, but definitely a couple times. And my mom's friend, Judy, <laughs> she raised Doberman Pinchers, and she uh, had this dog. I forget the name of it. Uh, Maybe it was Jigs. Terrence. His name was Jigs. Oh. Jigs. Jigs. Just a gigolo was his show name. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. So Jigs, when he died... Uh, she was sitting on the toilet and she saw him like walk in and sit beside her on the toilet on like on not beside her on the toilet so jigs walks in <laughs> then he takes a doggy ghost dump right on the toilet doggy dump. <laughs> oh goodness um no he came and sat beside her like on the floor for her to pet him and I think she just like burst into tears because they were really tight and when he was alive whenever she would pee she'd leave the door open and he would always come and sit to be petted Aww. could she feel him no okay no did she, reach she for saw him? him I don't think she did maybe this whole him. episode we should be on the phone with her talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah Judy I'm really curious hey Judy. Jude. Judy you out there give us a call uh 1-833-TEACH-US 1-833-TEACH-US so no spooky animal stories? Just I don't have one. I, I saw a dog in your barn, a big oh, black yeah. dog. That's yours again, though. Yeah, yeah. I've never, no, I've never have. And I couldn't watch Pet Cemetery, so none of it affects me. I'm not like, nah, dead animals. I don't know. Imagine all the chickens we killed yesterday came back yeah, to Yeah, they came us. back today. That's a literal nightmare. Like the worst <laughs> thing that could so, happen. They take a long time to get to us. They waddled really slow. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. That's cool. Maybe that'd be spookier. We throw some bread. They'd fuck off. Yeah. Sorry. Did you guys hear that? I did. Hmm. Well, oh my god, what was it? <gasps> oh, did, you hear that? did you guys hear that? <sighs> Sounds like Blair Witch in here. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Let's get started. Remember that scene? Should we get started? Let's do it. I was thinking we could start with stories from our moms, because my mom and Sarah's mom both gave stories. Cool. Shit. Okay. I'm going to give you mine first. So, this would have happened, you would have turned two in October, and this would be the late spring following, because it was hockey season. That's hockey. And you woke up at night, and you were crying. It was like... Nine or ten, you know, not late. And you were crying, and I went in there, and you were talking about him. And I thought you'd had a bad dream. And I thought you woke up, and your crib was near a a set of three windows, like a bay window. And it was an old farmhouse, and so we had plastic over it for the window. So I thought you were seeing 
some bizarre movement and reflection in the plastic because it wasn't really tight. And when it was windy, it would kind of move a little bit. So I thought that was what it was. And you went back to sleep. And then this happened another night near that time. And you were talking about him. You said, him have boo-boo on cheek, him have boo-boo on arm. And again, I didn't think anything of it because you slept in the same room as your dad and I slept. And I never felt anything in that room. I never had an oozy feeling or felt a cold spot. It never occurred to me to even think of it until later. I thought you were having bad dreams. And so I would tell you, oh, he won't be here tonight. Tim's going to go watch hockey at the Stanley Cup. <laughs> and you would, you would calm down and go back to sleep. And it got to the point where you'd say, him watching hockey? Say, yep, he's watching hockey tonight at Stanley Cup. And then you would go to sleep. And that was kind of the end of it. And that whole time, I thought you were having some kind of a bad dream or seeing a reflection in the plastic. And then this other thing that totally seemed disconnected at the time, my boss had a bedroom upstairs. So one day I was home and he wasn't. And I could hear like singing, like music from upstairs. Like, ah, oh, Dan, he left his radio on. So I went up to turn it off. His radio wasn't on. Oh, that was weird. I went back down and I heard it again. Went up and listened, all quiet. And then that never happened again. But I would hang laundry up in the hallway. I'd be clothesline strung up. And I'd go up there to get the laundry. And all my underwear, my bras and panties, would be thrown on these kind of, they're like brick and barn board bookcases along one wall. They'd all be thrown over there. And everybody else's clothes would still be on the line. The mine would be thrown over on the bookcases. Oh, my God. So it was an old house where, you know, things might happen. Nothing hurtful was happening. And it was years later that I was getting my hair cut. And the woman that cut my hair is really into local history, works at the Middleville Museum, where there is a Mm -hmm. picture of this. Not the house, but there's a sawmill attached to the house. Not attached to it, on the property. Down at the creek, there had been a sawmill. And she told me the story of the people that lived there. The man that lived there owned the sawmill, and he had a bad accident, and he had a big scar on his jaw and his neck, and his arm had been amputated. Weirder, and also to explain why this entity was near your crib all the time, he had two children. He had a little girl that was about three, which was close to your age. At that time, you were about two and a half, and a boy that was older, maybe seven or eight. And they had gone up the road to the grandparents' house one day, and the grandparents sent them, sent them home because it was, it was clouding up. It was going to rain. Sent them home. started raining on the way home. They went under a tree, which was hit by lightning, and both of them were killed. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But I betcha that what you were seeing was just a poor man who lost his daughter who was standing, staring down in the crib. Wow. But it was another girl, little girl about the same age. Mm. You were scared of it. But not terrified enough that you wouldn't go to sleep if I said he was off watching hockey. You'd say, okay, and you'd go to sleep. So it was scary, but not terrifying, you know? Right. Not like he was out to hurt you. I think he was just looking to be this little girl. Oh. Wow. Wow. It's pretty spooky. Isn't it? That's amazing. <sighs> so you saw a ghost or maybe he's anything. Like, maybe it was him. I see dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's Melody Night Starkalon. <laughs> you think it was him throwing the bras and stuff around? Yeah. 
You think so? I do. He's just like a wild and crazy guy. He's just mad. Missed his girl and missed his lady friend too. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, That's whatever crazy. happened to the mother? I don't know. Yeah, I don't it. know. She probably lost her mind because her <gasps> children died and her husband was got in an accident. Apparently yeah. the people that built... Maybe she my... was throwing all the fucking shit off the line. She was like, get her out of here. mama was like, what the fuck? Harlot. Yeah. Well, think about it. Your mom was in her ideal situation when her life was probably best. Yeah. And she's in her house. Yeah. She's like, fuck and you. And her husband's at the window all the time, not oh. hanging out with her. Oh. Yeah. She's talking it's to you. It's making me feel creepy now. Get, it's going to get worse. I, don't I think it's going to get worse. <laughs> Are you ready for it. your mom's story soon? Yes. Brenda, yeah. Brenda, Brenda, Brenda. Hi, it's Brenda. So this is my ghost story, although I'm not even sure it's technically a ghost story. I think it is. So what had happened is my grandmother had passed away. I was about 22 years old. She and I had been very close. I was her first grandchild. So we had a pretty strong, special bond. In any case... One night, I guess it was about two months after her passing, I was sound asleep, and I I felt somebody sit on the edge of my bed and say, Brenda, Brenda. And they kept saying, Brenda, lightly, like just sort of trying to wake me up. And I was was awake, and I was lying there thinking, ugh, you know, I don't really feel like waking up. So eventually the voice got a little stronger i think irritated actually it's the voice sounded irritated it was more like brenda so i sort of popped away didn't open my eyes and i heard it one more time and i realized it was my grandmother and i was terrified i was terrified i just laid there i couldn't open my eyes my heart was just pounding and i didn't and it stopped and to this day i regret that i didn't open my eyes because i'm sure it was her and she wouldn't have hurt me. It was my grandmother. So it was just sort of a, I don't know if it was a ghost or whatever, but it was just a really weird thing, and it's something I've regretted. Anyway, that's my story. Oh, Linda. Mm. I love her. Yeah, I remember her telling me that story and being like, I really wanted to open my eyes, but I was too scared. How relatable mm. is that? How many times totally. have you been laying in your bed thinking something like that and you're just like I, like you're so scared that you actually wake up without opening your eyes because no. you're like no my eyes are always open <laughs> do you sleep like Rosie? Even when i'm asleep my my kid sleeps <laughs> with their eyes open yeah that was heavy that was like emotional and spooky mm-hmm. she really loved her nana yeah did you ever meet her no no mom was 22 oh right 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 so. well wait how old was she when she had you 30 okay cool cool Great age. Great age. Yeah, good age. That's what I'm not. Way to go. Well, I mean, you were like, what, 15 when you had your first baby? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what all the moms at the park thought. I can't wait to turn 30. Yeah. Ooh, two more years. Big (laughs) Mm. 3-0. I'm turning 37, you guys. (gasps) Ooh. No, that's, that's spooky. No, it's not. God. It's not. I'm not going to look anything like you in two years. N- no, because we don't look anything alike. First of all, that's <laughs> the eye color. I'm like what so the? tall. <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Her eyes turned blue. <laughs> it's getting real single white female in here. Speaking of psychological thrillers. <laughs> Thank you.
fart again, guys. Okay, we'll be right here waiting. <laughs> Could you bring your mic? Or? It's worth waiting. Yeah. Um, and me leaving the room, I think. She's just got yeah, a balloon sure. in the corner. <laughs> your ass looks great, Sarah. Oh, thanks. Did she bear it up? Did she take her butt out? <laughs> <laughs> she just dropped her leg. And I'm like, who farts? Who? Yeah, I gotta pull my pants down to fart. Shoot the rear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Farts are so funny. People are crazy. Mel loves farts. I love that Mel loves farts. I just think it's the best. Yeah. What do... Is this gonna be a fart riddle? <laughs> kind of. Farts. Is the answer farts? Um... What do toilet paper and the Starship Enterprise have in common? What? I don't know. They both circle Uranus looking for Klingons. Oh, <laughs> gross me out. <laughs> I thought you said you had a black hole. That too. <laughs> you know, every it's time a brown I fart, hole. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Dark matter. <laughs> every time I fart, Ian's like, like, I think he likes farts, but he doesn't even know it. Like, he doesn't even notice that he go like, I'll fart. And he'll be like, what? It's fine. <laughs> like, you can, like, trying it on. Like, don't have a taste. I don't want you to know. Uh, so he always sniffs my farts. And he's like, I don't do that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. That's horrible. Oh, God. Yeah. But. Okay. And again. Hello, this is the ghost of Shirley Anderson. Can I have a date? <laughs> hey, oh, call back. I'm calling with a ghost story. I did my undergrad in Fredericton, New Brunswick, and during my third year of university, me and my roommate found a two-bedroom apartment on the second floor of this beautiful old Victorian house, and it had a turret and balcony, and it was on Waterloo Row, which runs along the St. John River, and the St. John River is a really long river that goes all the way through New Brunswick and out to the Bay of Fundy. I uh, had an old loyalist graveyard in the backyard, two stones, and you could read that they were from the 1700s, but you couldn't see the names on them. And uh, when we moved in, the cab driver said, oh, this is the haunted house. Oh, great. What do you mean? And he said, oh, it's the haunted house. So when you get in the cab, just ask for the haunted house. And we thought, eh, we didn't really think anything of it. You know, every town has their haunted house. Um, So we got our stuff inside, and we didn't have any furniture, so we slept on the floor in the same room, which was the turret, because it had a nice cushy carpet. Now, if you've ever been in an old Victorian house, you'll know that the closets are very shallow, but they run really long horizontally um, in between the walls. I know Stacked closets. up some garbage bags in there, um, full of our clothes and stuff, and tucked into sleeping bags for the night. And I woke up probably about an hour before dawn, and I hear this rustling sound and pushing. And I peek out, and there's bags moving, but there's nobody there. No. And I freak, and I freeze, and I just throw the blanket over my head, and I try to wake up my roommate without being seen or heard, which is really irrational. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I couldn't wake her up. And so I just lay there, and I listened to this moving, this pushing of the bags out into the closet into the room where we were sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, the sun came up probably about 45 minutes later or an hour, and I finally got the courage to look out. There was nothing there, but our bags had all been moved out of that skinny little closet no. and into the room. I checked the doors. They were locked. Nobody was in the place. I didn't see or hear anybody else. Um, I was terrified, which is not hard to do to me. Um, but my roommate just said, ah, it's just weird. Don't worry about it, Julie. If there is a ghost here, it doesn't matter. It'll be kind of cool. And so I kind of forgot about it. I went home for, um, 
the month of, of May and uh, my roommate stayed behind while well, she had a few uh, gentlemen callers over on three different occasions. Slut. Woke her up and said, hey, Aaron, <laughs> there's somebody here. I just saw a woman. I think it's your roommate. And Aaron said, there's nobody here. My roommate doesn't get back till um, it's for three weeks. So she gets up, doors are locked, nobody's there. She doesn't see anybody. She never sees anybody. But this happens on two more occasions. Whoa. Another incident happened. Well, uh, we had this, this the kitchen window had this crazy, crazy wide, big storm window. So it was about the, the width of my arm stretched horizontally out. And I'm a tall person. You had to use all your strength to push the window up, put a stick underneath it, and then you have to push the next window out and hook it on a hinge. Mm-hmm. Um, and this window would frequently open by itself. What? When there was nobody home, I would get be closed because it's cold out. And I walked past the window and it would be there. Nobody else would have been in the apartment. And that happened on many occasions. <sighs> uh, there would be a ball bouncing on the third level um, right above the kitchen always above the kitchen and I called my landlord and I would tell him there's somebody up there and he would say there's nobody living up there the doors are locked and I'd go check the doors they were locked up there I figured somebody had a key so he eventually came and pushed the locks still continued to happen we never saw or heard anybody up there except for that ball bouncing and the place was empty the entire year we lived there because nobody wanted to Uh, one night I would always wake up and think that I saw a man in the doorway um, and turn the light on there was nobody there and that always freaked me out I don't know why I stayed for the whole year Um, and one night when I was alone uh, in the apartment I heard someone say he does more than dance as clear as day Um, it's kind of like they were in the room with me um, so again, late wow. at night, looked around it's the whole apartment, doors are locked, windows are all shut, nobody's there, no one's on the balcony. Julie, what does it mean? Um, we decided this is enough, our landlord sucked, we're getting out of here after a year. And uh, the next women that moved in, we told them all about our, our stories and they said, you know, they're fine with it, they don't really believe us. And two months later, I ran into one of them at a local bar and I asked how yep. I was going. And she had moved out. Um, she was an artist mm-hmm. and she only lasted two months in the apartment because um, she felt like she was being targeted by something that she couldn't see. Um, oh. She had many paintings that she had done herself and collected over the years. And she meticulously hung them all the way up around this apartment. And the guys, this apartment's beautiful. It's large, they're high ceilings. Big windows, just gorgeous old Victorian house. So I wouldn't want to leave And here um, she and hung Instagram? up paintings all around the room and she would yeah. leave the room to go to the kitchen or to the bathroom and not hear anything. It's a two-bedroom apartment. You could hear pretty much anything that happens in that place from anywhere. And she would walk back into the living room where she hung the paintings and they would all be just sitting neatly on the floor. No. And... <laughs> She couldn't keep them on the walls. They just wouldn't stay there. Um, the nails or whatever she had to hang them on, they were all still intact, but the paintings themselves just would not stay on the walls. Um, nothing was broken. Um, what a respectful so, uh, She just felt it was too creepy, and she and she left after a few months. Wow. Um, after talking to a few people um, just to see if anybody has name or history on the house, we learned the most common story was that there is a woman um, who is seen frequently going to check the mailbox um, at all times of day and night. She has long brown hair and an address, and she's going to check the mail for a letter from either her son or a lover who was, um, who was away at war. So that was one of the stories. Another one of the stories is that um, 
it was a home for Catholic boys. I'm not sure if they were orphans. Uh, and that it was a home for over 50 years uh, to boys. And many people had seen sightings or heard um, laughter of children. I didn't experience that. I just experienced a dancing ball, the sound of a Mm -hmm. dancing ball. Um, And then I took a class with a woman who had lived in Fairton for 50 years and had previously been a hairdresser. And a colleague of hers was brutally murdered um, in what she thinks was my apartment, but definitely in the house. And they think it was a a gay hate crime. And that was probably, she said that happened in the the late 70s, early 80s. Um, So I, I never looked up I never got any confirmation as to whether any of those were true or not. But he does more than I just that dance. Was, uh, that was our yeah. experience on Waterloo Road. Oh, an interesting place. Oh. Once you step off of the busy Holy road and onto the property, it just feels quiet. I always felt unnerved there and unsettled, and I hated to be alone there. And I am someone who really, really relishes in being uh, alone. So while it was beautiful, um, it was, uh, it freaked me out, you know, and I don't, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. I don't know what I believe was happening there, but uh, <laughs> the it, was, it was definitely something Very that I crazy. can't explain. What are you talking about? So anyways, that's my story. Oh, okay, one, thanks. I don't believe I have one breast. <laughs> yeah, not real. So what? Don't believe it. Wow. Thanks, Julie. Goes to real Julie. Julie. Fucking scary. Here's a memo. My tits out. Obviously, Julie, you believe in ghosts. You're just she like believes. Chris. You're all ghosts aren't real because you're actually terrified. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I feel, you guys. Yeah. Chris wanted to sit in on the episode and be the yeah. naysayer. It's so good to be that way, though, because you there's so much bullshit out there that are lies. Right. But Julie's you're not lying. For Julie's for sure. No, not Julie's. Lying. The, Julie's like Zach Baggins. Brenda, maybe. Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> Full of it, Brenda. BB. Come on. Um, have you guys ever seen Ghost Adventures before? The no. show? Whoa, no. whoa, whoa. What's it called? Um, it's called Ghost Adventures. Adventures? Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It's it's with three dudes that you're gonna hate. Okay. Worst thing ever. Best adventures? Best friend adventures. It's so great. <laughs> they're like the they're from like Vegas and they have like spiky black hair. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. And, like, social issues, but, like, super, like, cool and cut. And so much shit happens on that show. They go everywhere haunted and record all night. And it's, like, pretty bonkers. I've seen every episode. I love ghost shows. Yeah. You have to. I'm going to send you, like. So my most recommended Ghost Adventures episode, there's actually two because they went back to this place called Bobby Mackey's. Bobby Mackey's. Okay. Okay. And it's haunted as fuck. I'll leave it at that. Where is it? Do you remember? Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I that think. sounds haunted. What happens? There we- was a girl named Jolene, and she haunts it. And her dad, like, wouldn't let her date somebody or something. <sighs> and then there was, like, all these satanic rituals happen in the basement. Oh, no. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Ew. That's But that's, like, more where I got my research done. They're in a Ouija board. I used to wait till my sister left for work, and I'd, like, call up a friend and be like, want to come over and Ouija? Yeah. All I the time. One. I used to Ouija. Yeah. I would never do that now. Sure. No, me neither. I, I had would. one and I did it with friends, did the Ouija board thing, and it moved around. I mean, I don't know, right? But it was yeah. you, right? It wasn't me. Imagine you were like, uh, it moved because I moved it. But <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet the person that admitted that, you know? Be <laughs> so good. My friend Lindsay will. Yeah, good. So I was like, oh my God, remember it told me to call Corey? It's so weird. <laughs> I did it. It was me. It was me. Oh. <laughs> 
But someone told me to be careful because I was like a pubescent girl. I was like 12, 13. And they're like, do you know, kids at that age are very vulnerable to spirits. Mm -hmm. And um, it scared the shit out of me. So I stopped doing it. I think I even like read the Bible or something. Yeah. Right? Great book. That's scary. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Put my boobs away. Read the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Stop reading. Yeah. Stop in the weed. Squeegee that Ouija. Oh, she squeegee Luigi. The <laughs> oh my God. You do the best dad jokes ever. <laughs> Thank you. It means a lot. <laughs> Hi there. My name is Kenny Beetle, and I am telling you a ghost story today for a podcast. Huh. So the setting takes place in uh, rural Ontario, eastern Ontario. Um, there's a, a father. He's an author. Uh, li- lives in Toronto. He has a 15-year-old daughter named Lillian. And they have a uh, German shepherd dog uh, named JT. Both anyway, so he's about <laughs> to finish a, a book. And he basically wanted kind of a country rural setting <laughs> to, to do it. So they, he decided to rent a cabin. Um, a, you know, about four or five hours drive from the city, um, and uh, bring his daughter along. Um, so his daughter, being a 15 year old girl, wants to stay in the city, and she wasn't too happy about it. But it ended up that they had, uh, you know, an opportunity to kind of bond and do a couple things, you know, like go swimming because this cabin was near a lake and stuff like that. So it was uh, a pretty good experience for the first few days. Um, then, uh, Basically, he needed to, the father needed to start working on his book. So um, the daughter needed to kind of do some things on her own. So she would she started to do some hiking uh, around the cabin. So her dog and her uh, went for a hike one day in particular, and it was one of the last two that were staying there. And she brought these like markers with her because her dad was big on her not getting lost in the woods. Crayola, it was a right? Pretty uh, heavy yeah. forested area. So <laughs> she would bring these like fluorescent ties and kind of tie them every like I don't know couple yards 10 yards or so when she was walking through the woods right. and just That's she would so cool. tie them on the branch so she'd know where she was going anyway so they're walking through the wood and they eventually kind of come up to this clearing and uh, she kind of gets this like weird feeling like something was kind of uh watching her and then her dog starts to kind of growl the dog wasn't on a leash the dog's just a really well-behaved dog walking next to her pretty much so she's starts to feel like, well, maybe there's an animal over there or something, and I'm going to just turn back. So she starts turning back, and then she hears um, a voice call her name. It sounds kind of like her dad, saying, uh, Lily, Lily. And her name's Lillian, but her dad only calls her Lily. So she's like, okay, well, dad, are you there? And then she hears nothing, and then she screams, like, dad, are you there? Like that's, But it didn't quite sound like her dad, and, and she, the whole feeling about it was really off. So she decided, okay, well, I'm going to walk back to the cabin now because I'm kind of freaked out. And she just wanted to trust her gut. Then she starts walking away um, and following her last marker. But then she hears the, her name being called again, but this time it's slower. You know, kind of like if you're hearing um, a record being played, no. it goes backwards no. slowly yeah. and it's like, <laughs> Lily. <laughs> and then it just kind of gets like deeper and kind of a darker tone. So at that point, it just kind of freaked her out. She starts to pretty much run back to the cabin. Um, at this point, the dog is also barking and uh, kind of barking at something. Is this a true but story? But it's following her. 
And then all of a sudden she can't find her markers anymore. Um, oh she starts looking around in circles and it's starting to really freak out. I can't find so my way out now. <laughs> but thankfully she had JT there, the dog, yeah. that, and the dog basically guided her out Love and she dog. followed the dog. But all the while... She's following the dog. She feels like something's close behind her. Something's following her. She keeps looking around. She's not seeing anything. She gets back to the cabin. She talks to her dad about it. Her dad is very skeptical. He's thinking that because it was a windy day, it was cloudy that day in particular, that maybe she just heard the wind. So she was very adamant that she heard something and did not really, she wanted to get out of there. And she still felt really bad about, I don't know, something was followed her back to the cabin. So she basically convinced her dad to pack up and they get up and they Where's leave. Lily? Who Did you just she? hear somebody say Lily? <laughs> oh, you're wondering his connection to yeah. her? Okay. Mm. So I reached out to him after hearing the story because I was like, ah, it sounds like a campfire story. Which I love it. He said he did hear it in that sort of scenario, but it was like a friend of a friend. The person who told him knew the person, he said. Mm-hmm. And it happened in Levant Station. I've got a couple stories that are pretty similar to that. Really? Yeah. Can you tell us one? I grew I grew up in a super haunted house. Okay. And I saw ghosts all the time when I was a kid. All the fucking time. All the time. In the trees, in the house. The worst it ever was, I was probably 11 or 12, right when I started puberty. And right. it was in my room. My candles all went out one by one. I was, <sighs> I was like grounded for like my bad behavior with candles i had so many candles everywhere and they went out one by one and then in my air vent so i'm laying in my bed my air vents to the left side and i can start i can hear a man and a woman having a conversation but they're playing backwards no and it goes fast and it goes slow and it gets fucking aggressive and then it gets whatever and then they're whispering and then she's crying and then it's and then it's like fucking and i was like so afraid that i got angry i just got so hot and i fucking threw everything off and i ran downstairs to the kitchen to the basement door and i opened the basement door and i could hear it in the basement and i went shut the fuck up and immediately stopped my mom and dad ran downstairs like what's going on did they hear anything? Nobody but me heard it. That's so fucking freaky. Yes. Yeah. so scary. And when I was even younger, I used to get flashes in my head on like the fourth or fifth stair down the basement of somebody hanging. And I was too little to think of that. Right. And later, my neighbor told me that his fucking brother hung himself in my house in the basement. No. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so think we I, both I feel like I kind of lost it. Like, it goes from seeing them all the time to, like, then you get, like, mm-hmm. in the corner of your mm-hmm. eye sometimes, like a yeah. dark spot. I, I lived in a, in a house in Perth that's the oldest house in Perth. I think that's Sarah lived all there kinds briefly. Of things. Yeah, it, it was it like a, an inn and a tavern. I didn't find it felt that bad, but I saw shit out of the corners of my eyes. I never saw a figure, but I saw, like, dark movement. And when I was a kid, I saw ghosts. Like, shit happened yeah. to me, right? Yeah. Can you tell so, us a ghost story? Well, there's the one from when I was a baby. Right. That's the best up saw story that man ever. With the bobo. Do you want another one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one wasn't me seeing something, but this was like fucking teleportation. Ooh. Ghost tele- object teleportation. So I moved out west after uh, high school for a year or maybe it was like 10 months or something i moved out to bainbridge island near seattle in washington state with my friend heidi and her family 
That's um, so fun. Yeah, it was just like, it was just basically for fun because high school is really hard. So I wanted to take a year off. Mm-hmm. I went to a, a really hard school. Anyway, and so did Heidi. That's how I knew her. And so I went out and lived with their family for almost a year or whatever. But when I packed up my stuff, I remembered specifically oh not, I had these little bunnies these like sort of tacky little bunnies from like the 50s maybe and you know those things that grandmas used to make it was like a picture that was printed on fabric and they would cut it out and sew it together and like stuff it so it was a pair of easter bunnies a boy and a girl i still have them upstairs and whenever i would visit my grandma would put them on the bed for me and if she forgot i would go and ask her and she would get them out of a like dresser in her room and give them to me for the bed so it was like a thing yeah it's your special thing yeah So I moved out west and I was feeling really like disheartened because I just moved and I was like sick and I was having a hard time finding a job and I didn't have my license yet. So I was depending on Heidi and her parents to drive me and I was just really like frustrated Mm -hmm. in a new place. Mm -hmm. Homesick. And Mm -hmm. so I specifically remembered not packing the bunnies. But then I had just moved in and I definitely didn't unpack the bunnies. So I was having a really rough time. I was upset. I went up the ladder to the bunkie. There was like a platform with a bed, like a futon, just close to the ceiling. And I lay down on the bed crying, sobbing, and tucked my hand under the edge of the futon. And one of the bunnies was there. What? It was under the bed at my friend's house. And I didn't bring it. And I didn't make the bed even. Oh, my God. So, like, I had nothing to do. Right now. (laughs) Isn't that wild? Wow. And then you called your mom. I, oh, and so my mom says that she remembered after I moved that the bunnies were on the bed in my childhood bedroom and that after a while they just weren't there anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Grandma sent her a bunny. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. So Mm -hmm. nice. It's so nice. It is. Did yeah. it did it freak you out or bring you comfort or both? No, it brought me comfort. Oh wow! See, it was where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So. That's a, so cool. That's my story. Are you guys ready for another one? Yeah, one yeah. of our listeners. This is from our friend Jenna. Hi guys. Uh, my ghost story is I used to work at a jail, oh, wow. and it wasn't actually a jail. It was an office building when I worked in it, but it was the original jail. Um, on Baffin Island in Echadovit since the 1950s. And it was notoriously haunted. Um, our staff would purposefully never be alone. Um, we, we had all had our own stories of things that had happened in that building. But um, my particular story was uh, I had my office furniture moved <laughs> in, my, in my office in a matter of maybe 10 minutes while I was away. And um, we would always smell this smell. It smelled like uh, dirty armpits, (laughs) for lack of better words. It was just you. It was um, was me. (laughs) It it was just, you know, not always smell it, but you would smell it sometimes. And then it was so strong that you you know, you felt like someone had to be there, but you there was nobody there. Um, And then it would just go away. Um, I remember one time our... Our taps were all turned on in our washroom over one weekend when um, no staff came in, and we walked into it all flooded because all of the taps had been turned on in the bathroom. We had uh, toilet seats flapping. Oh, my God. (laughs) We had all kinds of crazy things. And because it used to be a jail, there was a... um, a cell in the back room, and um, one of our staff 
has actually experienced getting no. locked in that no. cell. Um, they weren't, um, you know, locked in for very long, but the the door, which is quite heavy, managed to close on its own. Uh, so, you know, it was a big deal that we always uh, went in twos when we went into the back. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to share my ghost story with you. Oh, my God, Jenna. is amazing. I love her. should just come here and tell us more about that. Yeah. Like, like okay, she said it like NBD. Like, I left my office for 10 minutes. Yeah, and the back toilet, in all my no, furniture. Toilets are just flapping. flapping. You know, they flap just one time. What else? Um, like, just the toilet story is like, we need nope. two hours on that. Yeah. yeah. And isn't that what happens all the time in movies? The taps fucking turn on? Yeah, and yes. the toilets slap. That's because that happens to people. And stuff moves around in offices on uh, cameras at night. You no. know, <gasps> like, that's like the go-to video is shit flying around. And oh then I'm God. sitting there like, I'm cr- my Chris Chambers self. Yeah. Going, this isn't real. There's a string here. There's this, there's that. But it really happens. Like, have you guys seen fucking Ghostbusters? When all the index cards are flying? Oh, that right? shit's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> index cards. Not my index cards. <laughs> anything but. Barrymore's was haunted. Was it? Yes. By a woman in a velvet green dress, if I remember correctly. Velvet green. Correctly. <laughs> like circa 1800s or mid-90s. Oh, God. Is it Greg? The baby? Jesus oh, no. Christ. My, my baby figured out how to open the I door. I thought he was a ghost, though. So that's I'm me glad too. to see I, him. I screamed when you were scared. You made it's me the spirit scared. of an adorable two-year-old boy. That's so sweet. Oh, he's so laughing giggly. maniacally. <laughs> I hate I hate this. <laughs> I hate this so, so much. So hi, this is Melody's aunt Laura. And hi, she Laura. asked me to call in with our ghost story. So here you go. We had gotten married and bought a historic home in Westminster, Maryland, and the house was built in the eighteen eighties, we think. And originally it was a two over two farmhouse style in this little town. And then they added on two big wings, one a two-story wing that had the master bedroom and then a wing that was used as the Christian science reading room in this little town. So we moved in um, after we did some work on it. And while we were doing work, it was a friend of ours and I upstairs. And Paul, my husband, was downstairs washing out a paintbrush. And he called me down. And he wanted to know if one of us had snuck down to mess with him by turning the dimmer switch up and down, which we had not. And we didn't really think much of it because, you know, it's an old house. Um, Maybe he was tired. I don't know. But we moved in and Paul was working on a film. Um, He does lighting. And so he's frequently gone at night. And I was upstairs in bed sleeping with our cat. And at about 3.15, I heard the two back doors slam and heard someone very quickly walking around on the wood floor, and both me and the cat sat up. So at first, I called out for Paul, and he didn't answer, and then I went downstairs and got to the back door because I was going to look and see if his car was there, and about that time, it dawned on me that he has a very heavy tread, and he has a slight limp, and this was like a really small, very fast footstep. So the hairs on my neck kind of stood up, and I went back upstairs and got in bed freaking out. And a couple weeks after that, Paul called me at work to ask me what I had forgotten, because after I left, he heard somebody downstairs walking around, which he thought was me. And I had not forgotten anything, nor had I gone back to the house. 
So we kind of realized that we weren't both crazy. And then we had our son. And our son had a room (laughs) in the original old part of the house next to the master bedroom. So in the middle of the night, we would hear him in the baby monitor, just kind of blathering and making noises. And we would walk in and sometimes it would be fine. Sometimes we would walk into a cold spot and he would be standing up in his crib, kind of smiling and waving at nobody across the room, kind of on the opposite end of the room of where his crib was, which was just inside the door. And that happened several times. It happened downstairs. I had him down by the fireplace playing with him, and he was facing over my shoulder towards the stairs. And he looked up and he smiled, this really angelic smile, and he waved. He was really happy to see. I thought it was the cat, (laughs) and nobody was on the stairs. We would also suddenly smell cigarette smoke like somebody had lit lit a cigarette, we had people stay in the guest room, and, and I, Melody described it as she felt that the room felt really heavy, which is really the best way to describe it. It was also in the original part of the house. I had friends from high school come and stay separately, and each one had a hard time sleeping in that room. And I heard one of them talking at night, and I asked them the next morning, hey, you know, who are you talking to? And they said, well, I was just telling whoever's in the room just to leave me the hell alone and let me get some sleep. (laughs) So this went on. It was just little things. It wasn't scary. It wasn't horrible. (laughs) Um, And we decided at, um, at about 2005 to move. So we were sitting at the dining room table and we were signing the closing paperwork to sell the house. And the basement door clicked. And so... We had kind of had this habit kind of making fun of something. My mom told me that if something like that happened, you said, thank you, spirit. Thank you, spirit. And so we'd always done that. If a door made a noise or we heard something or something fell over, we just say, thank you, spirit. Ooh. So the door clicked oh. and Paul said, thank you, spirit. And the real estate agents had kind of snapped up and she said, what? And so we explained to her why we said that. And she said, look, down at the real estate office, we all know you have friends in this house and we are not disclosing. So, you know, with it being a small town, I guess previous owners had had things happen and they knew about it at the real estate office. And after all our time in the house, we kind of had some validation that things happened there. Um, But they weren't scary, but it was just kind of a trippy house. One other thing that happened that I don't know how I almost forgot about is Paul and I had had a fight. So I was camping out in the guest room pouting. (laughs) And a couple of nights in, I woke up and at the foot of the bed, I saw this person. It was a woman. Um, She looked, as best I could describe her, as like Aunt B from the Andy Griffith show. (laughs) Hopefully you people in Canada know about Andy Griffith. If not, you should Google it. But Aunt B was kind of a large woman, um, and this woman was kind of large, dressed like from the 50s, with just a very straight-cut dress and an apron that kind of came up around her neck and then tied at the waist. And her hair was kind of gray and pulled back in a bun. And I remember just staring, thinking, I can't be awake. And she said, I used to cook here. <laughs> and so I closed my eyes, oh my and gosh. I just kept them shut. <laughs> And then I opened them back up, and she was gone. 
And one thing that we do know is that there used to be a live-in maid. She lived wow. right in, the, in a little suite of rooms off the kitchen. Um, and I don't know anything else about her, but um, why did she show up? That's there? my story, so and I'm sticking to it. There. Of all the things to say, I used to cook here. Hey. It's so earnest. That's what's so scary. Yeah, it's that's what's so just scary. Like, about it's like in the maze just there. She's like, I used to cook here. Like she knows she's dead. She's like, she knows time has passed. Do you want to know my theory on ghosts? She's not like, what? I live here or whatever. Yeah. So that goes against my theory on ghosts. So it makes me really uncomfortable. Nobody knows. Justine, what's your theory? From watching Ghost Adventures. <laughs> because I've seen people like every time it's like, you kind of start to notice, like, it seems almost like people hear, like, oh, and, and he died on the hill looking for his daughter, so now everyone sees a flashlight, you know? It seems like a, a piece of time is stuck, Yeah, yeah. and we're tapping into that person. Maybe it's not a ghost sitting there going, okay. Sarah, Sarah, that's what maybe I think. you're hearing that slice of dimension of okay, time. That's what I Except think. Except when they say people's, when they say say people's voices, or names, I mean, or, well, yeah, like, say what they I used to do. That's know. different. I, don't, I think there's probably true. like an array of reasons. I mean, you hear about like, there's you know, so much we don't know. In what Pennsylvania. If they can see our slice of time too. In pa- Like, what if it's like a moment where the past person saw a slice of the future, just like where, because time is. Can you imagine? Or whatever, That's like right? the. Yeah. So, so it means again. there's just a moment that gets. Yeah. The, a rip in the time space continuum. A rip oh in the time space continuum. Oh and God. then they hear someone say, Blah blah blah, melody, and they're like, "What the fuck, melody? <gasps> melody?" Yeah, they hear and us. Then you're like, they're totally the scared fuck? of us. Someone ghosts are like, hey. "We're future past ghosts." Sometimes, maybe. I'd love. Yeah, I'm what scared. What were you gonna say, Mel? I'm sorry. Oh right, right, right. So like in um, you know, Pennsylvania and some of the older states where there was a lot going on with the Revolutionary War and all of this stuff. Yeah, people see entire. Armies, like groups of soldiers yes. at battle, and it's and that's totally like a memory, right? That's like a, oh a group image ghost. Yeah, that can't unless it's that's like all of those people. So yeah. when I went to New Orleans, I felt like I used to feel when I was a kid, and I saw ghosts all the time. I stepped off the plane, and it was like tangible—the death in the air, like the amount of like devastation that happened there. Like you yeah. could feel them all at the same time. It was yeah. a lot to get used to. The energy there is fucking. It's so present in daily life there. Yeah. My friend Heidi, who I lived with out west, Mm -hmm. when she went to, I forget which island it was in Hawaii, she went to Hawaii and one of the islands, when she stepped foot on it, she heard like people whispering in her ears. Like there was just crowds of people all like disgruntled and talking. She was like, it's so like, and there's terrible history there. I don't know what it is. But colonization. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but she could like hear all of these people talking to her yeah. all the time she was there. Like a crowd of people yelling in her ear kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, right? So she doesn't want to go back there. No. <laughs> I wouldn't. No. no. Okay. I think this is the end of part one. This is the end of part one, yeah. Bye See you next week for the rest. The end. Justine, yeah. Do you have anything to plug today? I'm gonna plug the Lifted Sisters. Yeah, Woo-hoo. yeah. Um, so my cousin Thea and I um, are trying to normalize cannabis and put our own little touch on it. So Lifted Sisters were on YouTube. 
Uh, we're on Instagram. We're on the internet. Nice. Yeah, you are. Smoke it. Yeah. Sarah? You can find me at littlerightcrew.art. On Instagram. Oh, yeah, on Instagram and on Facebook. How about you, Melody? You can find me on all of those places, but if you go to melodystarkweather.ca, all of the links are there. Hey, Social media places. And I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsors, Mm. Pure S Gluten-Free Bakery and Perth. Tonight we enjoyed some rosemary black olive focaccia. It was amazing. I hope they give us that every time. And I don't like fancy, like healthy food, and it was really good. It's so good. Yeah. And guess what? It's fucking gluten free. Yeah. And it's actually top 12 allergen free. You're not panting free. right now. Yeah, I'm not having an allergy attack. So, mm. ta-da. Good snack. Uh, and we had some yummy ginger cookies. So, thanks, Yeah, the guys. ginger cookies mm-hmm. are amazing. Were those from one of their mixes? Oh, yeah. So, um, they are. And so is the bread. It's like the white bread mix. You can get it online on their website. Mm-hmm. You can buy the mix at the shop, which is in Perth on Dufferin Street behind the Perth Brewery. Mm. Um, but if you go online, you can get any of their cookie mixes, bread mixes, anything. And the bread mix, you can do like loaves or focaccia or whatever you want. Yeah, it's purest, P-U-R-E-S-T dot C-A. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, um, and the show <laughs> is at teachmetigerpodcast.ca. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on the iTunes and the Stitcher and Google Play and all of that stuff. And if you really enjoy our shows, like we enjoy doing them, it would help us a lot if you subscribe. And uh, give us stars. Give all us of them. stars, all of your stars. And share with your friends. That would be really helpful because yeah. we'd love to widen yeah. our net. Tell a pal. And call us, man, and, and tell us stories and ask us questions and shit. And, and remember, it's, it's a, a jungle, jungle out there. and stormy out there. Mm.